Influencing popular culture, politics, and everything in between. The local station takes you ringside as we discuss the crazy world that is professional wrestling. This is Going Ringside with The Local Station. Hello there, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Going Ringside. So glad you could be with us today. The uh, show continues to grow. Please continue sharing it to anyone you know who might like wrestling in Florida, out of Florida. We don't care. Tell them about the show. Just search Going Ringside wherever you get your podcasts. And also... I cannot encourage you enough. Check us out on TikTok and Instagram at, at @goingringside. We're putting a lot of exclusive content on there every single day on both those platforms that you're not getting here on the podcast. So just search Going Ringside at Going Ringside of both Instagram and TikTok for uh, daily content updates from the show and just other stuff going on in the wrestling and fighting world. Um, today I'm excited to you know we focus so much on men's wrestling on so many episodes. You needed to do a little more on the women's division and women's wrestling um, because it has really been a shift in this industry over the last 10 to 20 years for what was historically a very male-dominated form of entertainment was pro wrestling to become very more down the middle. I mean, the women are, are main eventing many shows. They are just as much a priority as the men are. And that wasn't the case in years past. So today we're going to talk to one of the trailblazers in the women's division, and that would be Melina Perez. Melina Perez, of course, became a household name in the mid-2000s, a five-time women's champion. And she was nice enough to meet up with us and talk to us in an event here in Florida here a few weeks ago. Because if you look at the women's division, it's come in stints on what it's been. Prior to 1990, in the major national divisions, which would have been uh, WWF primarily and to an extent, and WA, WCW, there was some women's wrestling. The primary that people remember would be what was happening in WWF. And you had the fabulous Moolah, who was the champion for decades. That's just kind of how it was booked. And then you had other uh, women come in like Wendy Richter, Leilani Kai, the Jumping Bomb Angels. And they developed somewhat of a, a, a decent women's division. But it was still in the 80s, particularly at the WWF level, secondary to the men. It wasn't keeping up with Hulk Hogan. That division lasted really into the early 90s, and then it kind of fell away, at least at WWF, on the national scale. You had a few women wrestlers. Um, Wendy Richter had gone away, and then you had Sherry Martell. She became Sensational Sherry or Scary Sherry and would do a few matches here and there. And then eventually you had Alundra Blaze, who had eventually turned into Medusa Michelli when she went over to WCW. And usually you just had someone booked to fight against them. But there wasn't really a division. As the years went by in the late 90s and the Attitude Era really started to take over WWF, that shifted when China showed up. But China pretty much would only face the guys. As far as the women's division, it hadn't really caught up yet. I mean, you had Sable, you had Marlena, um, Terry Runnels, um, and you had Jackie, um, and you had a few others. Some just really didn't know how to wrestle. Others were good at it. Um, but you didn't have a lot. It, they weren't the dominant brand on the show. You had Sable and China. They were major stars, and that's when the industry was starting to shift, but it hadn't gotten there yet. 
But when Trish Stratus and Lita show up in like the early 2000s or so, that really starts to change. And they start to bring in women um, as more than what they had really been used as in the Attitude Era of the late 90s, more than eye candy. These were top-level athletes, particularly Trish and Lita. And they really started to shift the culture in WWE as far as what the on-air product was. It wasn't just male uh, dominated. You start having high-profile women's matches. And so by the mid-2000s, this is when Melina starts to show up. You have Melina, you have Michelle McCool, uh, you have Ashley, who sadly passed away years later. Um, you have Kelly Kelly. Very top-level athletes as they start developing a shift in who their, uh, who their target audience is. A little later in the show, we are going to talk to a, a young woman who works here with us at Channel 4 in uh, Jacksonville, um, who just grew up as a small child watching this and loved the female division that was really starting to take its toll, uh, really starting to take hold when Melina was a top-level performer. And later on, at the end of the show, we're also going to talk to um, Jana Angel. She's an anchor here for River City Live. It's a show we do at Channel 4 here in Jacksonville. She actually went down to Orlando to try out at the WWE uh, Entertainment Center. She did a four-day grueling uh, tryout with the likes of Jag Jade Cargill. This was years after she grew up around um, Ashley Flair, who you know better as Charlotte. So we're going to talk to her later in the show as well. And at the end of the show, we are going to be previewing um, an event that will be coming up in Jacksonville with the Love Alive charity, which is Elijah Burke's organization. We'll have some details on an event in the Jacksonville area at the end of the show. Scroll ahead if you want details. But I want to start with Melina. Melina got, um, when she was in her 20s, very young, she said a lot of women would do um, different things to, to keep in shape. They would join different types of exercise groups or yoga or something like that. She decided to join a wrestling school. She thought it'd be a great way to keep in shape. She never knew a talent scout would see her and that she could eventually make money, a lot of money doing it, and become a national just celebrity and a five-time women's champion. She didn't expect that when she was in Southern California. Um, but that's what happened with her life. So... Let's get to it right now. Here is our interview with Melina Perez, one of the nicest interviews we've had. Just a very nice woman, and she was uh, so good to sit down and talk with us about her career in WWE and then eventually what she does now. She left WWE several years ago and has made a few uh, brief appearances back with the company, but she's not really much of an active wrestler anymore, but still shows up at wrestling events here and there. So here's our interview with Melina Perez. Well, we are excited to be joined now by Melina. Melina, how have you been? Oh, my goodness. I've been doing great. Wonderfully, wonderfully. It's a beautiful day. Yesterday was raining. Sun came out for today. And everybody, all the fans and staff, everyone's been so lovely. They, they're sunshine. They're human sunshine to me. Talk to me about what you're doing with your life right now. Oh, my goodness. I'm keeping it so low-key. Like, I'm enjoying the peace at the moment. And part of me wants to figure out, like, what's the next step? But then at the same time, wrestling would never not be a part of my life. So how did you get in? It was 2000 with Tough Enough? Is that kind of your oh, first start? No. Um, I started going to a, I went to a independent school and I was doing it as like a conditioning class, like a yoga class, but I took wrestling. Really? Yeah, 
Uh, instead of I, yoga. Yeah. Most women would take yoga. Because it incorporates like running, because yoga, okay, I love yoga now, but back in the day I was a runner, so I loved running the ropes. I, my dad was a boxer, he taught me how to box, so it, I kind of like thought, okay, this is acting, running, boxing but not real boxing so it took everything I loved and incorporated it into one so I just thought it was fun and I loved wrestling so I thought it'd be fun so you get into it and before you know it I got scouted by Dr. Tom Dr. Tom Pritchard okay. yes and so it was so weird because he told me he's like you know what you have a look and you have the ability like we would be Vince would probably like you and I said what does that mean I I could make money doing this? <laughs> and he said, yes, Melina, you could make money doing yes, this. Yes, good money, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I thought, oh, because I, I was a medical assistant for a cardiologist, so okay. I it did not compute that I could do this. So I thought, how many chances do you get to be a wrestler? So how did the greatest entrance in the history of wrestling come about? How did you determine how to do that? And our viewers probably know when you would go to the ring, you would do something most guys could never do, do the splits as you went under the rope. The weirdest thing is that I used to, in high school, my friend, one of my friends in the track team, she used to be able to do the splits. So she would do it, she dropped down, she did it, and she rolled through. And she said, can anybody else do that? Nobody was able to do it. And I, and I told her, I don't know, I never tried. So then I just dropped and did it. And then I thought, oh, I could do it. And, she, and everybody was just like, yeah, look at you guys. So when it, wrestling came about, I wanted to be able to showcase my athletes, like my flexibility, but I didn't know what would be right. Like I didn't want to do a move, just dropping into the splits just didn't seem right. And so when the guys asked me, what do you think would be cool? Do something sexy, do something creative, something like unique. And I just dropped, like I did in high school. And I said, just dropped into the splits and said, would this work? And then the guy said, yep, do that. <laughs> and it worked really well. And pretty soon you're one of the most over names in the company. I, I never thought, I never thought that that would be as big as it was. And everything happens for a reason, you know, and I'm just grateful for the opportunity to wrestle. So when you start getting over, what was that like? Was that a big change in your life? Oh, no. My brain, the way I see the world and I see things, I just, the way I process it is, it's beautiful, it's validating because I used to get hated and booed, so I didn't see the, like, the good stuff, I didn't see love, but to me that was love, the boos and the hatred and the investment in the character, that was love, because I worked hard for that, and I was, I, I like to think that I'm a nice person, but for me, that, that art, when people didn't get to see the person that I was, they got to see the hard work that I put into it. So it was a beautiful thing. Who were some of your favorite women to work with? Favorite feuds? I love my match with Ashley. She's a yeah. hard worker. Oh my goodness. It's like they didn't give her time to learn how to wrestle, but she never gave up. She was always in the ring and she always asked questions and she had this vivaciousness and energy that. That must you, have been hard. Yeah. Oh, what happened to her? Yes. But being with her. Not at all. It was beautiful. She was beautiful. Very any other lucky. any other good memory? Um, Michelle McCool, of oh, course yeah. Trish Stratus, Beth, Mickey, Gail Kim, Lisa Marie. 
Um, Natalia. What was Trish like to work with? She was kind of a trailblazer for a lot of the divas. Yes, she was easy to work with. We just go, we go in the ring and we talk things over, easy peasy. And to know that she requested me to work with her, it well, was that's just a like, big deal, it was a yeah. high honor. I was like, oh my goodness, this is it. I finally like earned my stripes type of deal. Like yeah. I'm gonna get my first stripe on my mark. So uh, you work with Michelle McCool a lot? I think a lot during that time. What was Michelle like? Oh, she was lovely to work with too. I mean, this is the thing with wrestling. On my end, I always think I was very quiet and introverted, so I'm sure a lot of people don't understand quiet people. They think like, oh, what, you're not talking to me because you're being a bitch? It's like, no, I just, I'm watching and I'm paying attention. I'm learning, I'm learning what my boundaries are. And so that's just the way I was. Was it but, like that with fans? Was that a difficulty? Oh, no. Fans are easy to talk to yeah. because they, they tell you everything off the bat. They're like, hey, this is what I love. This is what got me into wrestling. They share. So it's easy to, to, to they invite you in. So it's easy for me to like talk to them. What on the male side did you work with a lot? Who on the male side? Oh my goodness. Well, of course like Eminem. So like Joey yeah. and, and John a lot. Eddie Guerrero, he, him and like he took us under his wing. It was, I was very lucky. I was very lucky. And I kind of just stayed my distance because it seems like if you make friends with anybody, being a female, if you make friends with any male, like, oh, you must be sleeping with him. And it's really? Like, I can't even be friends with anybody. So that was an issue? Well, it was an issue in the sense of if you're doing, if you're successful, if you're successful, then people want to create drama. So you have to try to, like, not give them ammunition. But once I started, like, because I'm a hugger, so I hug my family, that's the way I was raised. And once I started hugging people, it's like, oh, she's probably sleeping with him. So then I try to stop hugging people. Then when I'm talking to people, it's like, oh, she's probably sleeping with him. Okay, now I can't talk to people. So it's craziness, but. Now on your banner here, it says former five-time women's champion. Can you believe you accomplished that? It's a beautiful thing, but that's what I tell people, you know? You expect the best, or well, expect the worst. Worst is going to happen, but hope for the best and strive for the best. And if it doesn't come, if you don't accomplish it, sometimes it's not about the accomplishment. It's about the journey and the hard work and the ethic, and who you become afterwards. All those like failures or quote-unquote failures aren't failures. Those are successes in themselves. What do you think about you laying the groundwork for what the women's division has become today? I don't. If I end up being an unsung hero like so many women before me, because they are unsung heroes, they went through so much hell to, for me to have what I had in that time. So it doesn't even matter about the credit. To be able to participate and have it be what it is now, I'm proud. I'm happy. Melina, how can people follow you? Where can they follow you at? Oh, they can follow me at anything Real Melina. So go to Real Melina, R-E-A-L-M-E-L-I-N-A.com. And you can find all the links there. But on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, you can find me on there, all of those. But keep everything clean. I'm an old lady now, okay? We're a PG, <laughs> we're a PG podcast too here. So Melina, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure to talk to you. It was thank you. It wonderful to talk to you guys. So that was Melina talking about uh, the different things that she did and, and talking about that entrance into the ring that she had, which was really um, the most popular entrance 
uh, in wrestling for a number of years when she would do the splits and go under the bottom rope. Um, just a very kind young uh, woman to sit and still young. She's much younger than I am, even though she's been retired for a few years now. Um, she was uh, so gracious to sit and talk with us. And, and I wanted to get an idea because I, like maybe a lot of you, grew up as a guy watching wrestling with all my friends when I was a little kid. Now, it was mainly, there were some female fans, but it wasn't as female dominated when I grew up. As Molina starts becoming popular, they really start hitting that young female demographic. So I want to talk to someone who grew up as a young female during that era. What was it like for her? Um, so Jessica James is a producer here at Channel 4 in Jacksonville with us. And when she heard we were doing this show, she's like, I loved Molina. I was big on the Divas division when I was 8, 9, 10 years old. So I was like, that's an interesting perspective, one I would like to hear. So we brought her on the show here to kind of give us the idea of what it was like to be a young woman when the women's division is really going to the forefront of WWE, to give us her perspective of what it was like to be a young girl watching these divas become champions and become headliners in the company. Here's our interview with Jessica James. Well, as we continue looking at the history and career of Melina, I wanted to talk to someone who grew up as a fan of hers. So one of our old producers here at News for Jacks here in Jacksonville, where our station is located, is Jessica James. Jessica, thank you so much for joining us today. So what, how old were you when Melina was popular? I was probably eight or nine years old. So you were a little girl just watching this. Yes. I always wondered, because when I grew up as a kid, a little before your time, uh, it was all the boys watched it. Did girls get into this when you were growing up, or were you the only one? Because this is really when female wrestlers were becoming popular. Yes, I think I got into it because my brothers watched it. I have two okay. older brothers. And at the time that they watched, some of the big names were Melina, Kelly Kelly, um, Michelle McCool. Yeah. And the matches they liked that had women in it were always like tag teams that always had the men and the women. Okay. So like John Cena and Kelly Kelly would team together against two other people. And so you start watching this and you start seeing these female wrestlers. You're yes. eight, nine, ten years old. Yes. And you're hooked. Yeah, I always thought it was they were watching their matches were cooler than the guys because it's like it's two women going at it, yeah. slapping each other. You know, they wrestle really what I would consider dirty, like they pull hair and things like that, kind of, that you don't see in the men's wrestling. So, so what stuck out to you about Melina? I think Melina was a breath of fresh air in what I would consider the Divas era. And it was at a time where a lot of your top women were beauty queens, like Kelly Kelly, who's like almost a real life Barbie. Yeah. She. She was a top girl, and so to see someone who had this kind of like edge, almost like Lita in a way, to come in and just be dominant and be a different kind of look was pretty inspiring to me. So you wanted at the t were you thinking when you're eight, nine, ten years old, I want to grow up and be like that someday? Absolutely, yeah. I think down to like just her hair and her gear, like she was one of the first women I saw wear like pants when she res wrestled. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was a big difference than the other girls. And then like she had black and red hair, and she had this really cool like walkout song. She was really physical wrestler. Physical, I mean, yes. She was very uh, physical. Very electric. Like, watching her matches, she was very fast-paced. Like, there wasn't a dull or slow moment when she wrestled. It was just back and forth, like, constant, constantly going. So you're watching this. You're wanting to be M Melina or Kelly Kelly or whoever. What are the brothers thinking at this point? <laughs> 
Um, well, they just always gave me a hard time after watching a match. They would then wrestle with me and like yeah. throw me around and things yeah. like that. I wouldn't say that they were super into watching the women, and I think that was just an example of that time. So Melina and Kelly Kelly and her, their contemporaries, they were kind of really when WWE started doing women's wrestling as an mm -hmm. actual thing. They mm -hmm. were no longer eye candy. They were actual performers to what we have today with Charlotte Flair and then Ronda Rousey got involved for a while. Do you think people like Melina are really the who paved the way for that? I think so. I think they all sort of paved the way, but I think she was one of the first where like it showed that you didn't have to be a beauty queen or super like sexy to be strong and powerful and that because of her then the wrestlers that came after her like Bailey or Sasha Banks or whoever they kind of had this more edge to them, which I feel like Melina started because that's what the fans liked. They like seeing someone with more edge and it not just being all about their looks and things like that. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate for your input. <laughs> this is a, someone who grew up on Melina. So, so glad Jessica could sit down with us and give us an idea of what it was like to be a young woman um, watching wrestling as it was shifting more toward female-oriented programming. And one person we know here at Channel 4 who went a step beyond that, not just watching it, she actually decided to get involved. So Jana Angel is one of our anchors here at Channel 4 in Jacksonville. She anchors a show called River City Live. And she was telling me, you know, I, I went down to the Performance Center in Orlando and I spent four days down there auditioning. Hardest physical thing I'd ever done. She was a top-level athlete as a teenager growing up. Volleyball star, all this. She said it had nothing on what the performance center and auditioning for WWE was like. She had grown up uh, working or playing with Ashley Flair, Char Miss Charlotte, Ric Flair's daughter, when she would do volleyball as a teenager. And Charlotte was still growing up as a young lady too. So she kind of knew a little about the business. She said she would see Ric Flair at her volleyball matches. Didn't quite appreciate who he was because she wasn't a big wrestling fan at the time. She'll explain that here. But she decided, let's try it out. She'll tell the story here. And it was brutal. Uh, she dislocated her pelvis, I think is what she says. You'll hear in the interview of what it was like for a young, top-line athletic woman to decide, hey, I want to go try out this wrestling thing. And I've done a lot of sports, a lot of athletics throughout the years, but it was nothing like the grueling grind they put you through down at the uh, uh, training center in Orlando. She was training with people like Jade Cargill and others. And uh, it was about a four-day thing, and she wanted to be an announcer, but had to try out the wrestling thing. And she tried it, and she's six foot three, so she has a good frame for wrestling, but she was like, mm. afterwards, this isn't for me. Here's our interview with Jana Angel. Well, we're excited now to be joined by Jana Angel, the host of River City Live at Channel 4 in Jacksonville. And that's not her only gig. She tried a different gig a while ago, Jana. Tell me about this. You decided I want to try the whole wrestling thing. I did. And it was something that was really interesting. I was actually going to see a friend of mine. Uh, she's one of the reasons I even got into hosting my first Florida friend, uh, Sarah Schreiber. She um, is on Raw, she's traveling the world with WWE now, and she's a host. The only difference between us is about a foot of height. So that's what yeah. I really wanted to do was, um, after I'd retired from pro volleyball, I wanted to get back into something that was competitive, that was athletic, like I really missed performing. Um, you know, I think we kind of get that same high in yeah, news yeah. is being live, you know, 
and the fact that wrestling involves storytelling and really a lot of theater and really a lot of improv I thought was cool. Um, and I went to see her host when she was at NXT mm -hmm. and, you know, was there cheering my friend on, didn't think anything of it. And we were talking afterwards, um, someone from WWE approached me and verbatim said, I would get fired if I didn't at least ask you to try out. And I had been away from sports for a hot minute at this point. Wait a minute, why <laughs> do you think she said she would get fired if she didn't? Why, why was she so determined to have you try out? So it wasn't even my friend Sarah, it was a, a person, a guy there working for WWE. Got it. I think just because he saw, um, I do tend to stand out if nobody knows let's, how Let's I start, <laughs> let's stop the interview I was right like, now. I think we just have to like, hit the nail on the head Let's get to here. that to explain to our viewers who don't know Jana, do not zoom out the camera. <laughs> you see her, her head, is literally cut off here. This is this is very uh, something that WWE would this, like. So this is yes. this is how this is how it happened. Um, and uh, and I think it was funny too because when they found out I was from Rock Hill and you know heard that I had played volleyball against um, Ashley, who is now Charlotte. Um, yes, uh, Ashley Flair. Ashley Flair. Yeah. Um, you know who. Uh, she went to NC State with me. You know she had played volleyball. So it was interesting how my worlds were always near wrestling in some way. So I'm one of those people who's always like, I'm always going to try anything if there's a special and unique opportunity because I don't want to wonder, well, what if I had, what if, you know, if so I you try and, it. And you try yeah. and you get this yeah. lovely t-shirt, uh, yeah. WWE Performance Center tryout in Orlando. So walk me through it. You get down to Orlando, mm -hmm. you try it out. Did you really have an idea of what it would be like? not a clue in the world like and let me just like paint this picture for you as like the uh, the retired athlete i was at the time i went from being a machine i was training three times a day okay. when i was playing professionally this was a solid two years later where my workouts consisted of like make sure i fit in my pants like it was not the same high level training and so I didn't hear anything from them for a while in regards to the tryout. So I was like, oh, they probably, you know, just moved on and found people who could actually wrestle. And then I'll never forget, I was in a TJ Maxx dressing room and I get this email that's like, hi, Jana, we'll see you at the tryout. And it was something like three weeks. And I was like, mm. <laughs> you're not ready. Ruh -ruh, like, insert word can't say on. On, on TV or You streaming. probably could say it here, but let's just skip past yeah, it. Yeah, let's skip it. Um, like, oh boy. So I started going to Orange Theory twice a day just so that I could hopefully just hang, you know, was my yeah. goal. I was like, just just go, get it done. Um, don't embarrass yourself. That didn't help. It didn't? I, no, I did not. Um, I, I had an amazing time. It was phenomenal, but I just kind of joke and say I walked away with like those t-shirts a really great story and a dislocated pelvis and a very bruised ego. <laughs> a dislocated pelvis? Yeah. How? Listen, I will I will always go full send regardless of if I am actually prepared to or not. Okay. Um, so we were doing um, we were doing a lot of rolls, doing bumps, doing combos. I will say, I mean, and I was there with people who had done Titan Games, Olympians, NFL athletes, I mean, no, WNBA athletes, the roster of people was amazing. Like, I have been to an Olympic tryout. It didn't have shiitake mushrooms on what I went through in those four days. Like, really? I really don't, if, if, I, if people can take away anything, it's that these athletes work so hard. So you get in the ring, what's it like? Yes. Um, what are they doing to you? So 
just the warm-up, we're like pouring sweat. It's outside. It's, you know, very like it's, it's Orlando. preseason. Yes, it's Orlando. It's the middle of summer. Um, you know, we're going through all these drills and stuff. When we finally get in the ring, um, there's different rope drills. I mean, my back was just like black and blue and red just from the ropes that are like hitting you and kind of cutting you. Um, and everything is timed. You're going through things. You're learning roles. Like all these moves that seem simple and the coaches are like laser focused on you. And there is absolutely no mercy. If they say put your right foot forward and you don't, they're in your face and they're like, what are you doing? You don't know your right foot really? or left. And you're like... Um, yeah, I remember there was one guy and, who, who really thought that he was, like, snazzing it up and jazzing it up. Yeah. Um, and if anybody's going to this tryout, listen. Like, be coachable. And it was something that was frustrating me just to watch when I'd see other athletes not listening because all they're asking you to do is listen and follow instruction. And I was amazed at how these other grown adult athletes couldn't visit. Who are some people it. in your class? Uh, you have some photos that people might recognize. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, Emily Anzulis was my roommate. Uh, she's IV now. Okay. And I can't tell you how much I respect that woman as an athlete. She has tenacity like that I've never seen in person. Um, there was a drill that uh, consisted of doing uh, four, four sided burpees, jumping over a bag, mm. uh, rope, rope, rope. And I was taught, you know, I, some sadist invented this drill, like, but it was, <laughs> it was literally just to see if you would quit or not. Um, I've never felt so close to death in my life as I did with this drill. I mean, and I've played sports my whole life, but that was the worst. And how and many she, days was it? One day or one multiple the, days? It was four days, and she did. She didn't stop. She was right up there with all the male athletes. I mean, ferocious. You also ran into Jade Cargill from originally yes. from Jacksonville, now with AEW. Yes. Got some photos of. Can I tell you about her promo? Yeah. Okay, so first of all, Jade is just physically, mentally, spiritually, just one of the most beautiful people I've ever met. Yeah. And she is incredibly kind. She is an amazing mother. She's just a super person. But when I saw, and we'd been like spending time together and having, you know, like we had this like group of girls um, during the tryout that all became friends. But when I saw her do a promo and she turned into this character and then it was terrifying. Really? I mean, terrifying because she was so good. I mean, and she came in like, you know, like pop squat back down in the bleachers and I was like, you're, like, you're at me and I was like, ah! You know, I mean, because she because she knew how to sell it. But it was amazing just to see these people and now to see them doing exactly what they're meant to do. You know, but it's that, she, I mean, just she and Emily, I remember two people that really blew me away. I mean, and there's so many other athletes that I got to meet while I was there that now seeing them getting to perform is really special because they, you know, they're making it. Again, Charlotte Flair. So talk to me about your overlap with Charlotte. Um, so she played for CJV, which was the volleyball club that we played in uh, for club. This is before she did wrestling. This is way, way before. Um, obviously, Ric Flair, like, I mean, I remember him doing, like, you know, all these different commercials for businesses in Rock Hill and in Charlotte okay. because that's where he was based. And um, Would he show up at your matches ever? Uh, yeah, he would, like, come to the gym and stuff. Wait, and, well, you know, okay, well, I, I can't overlook this. It's kind well, of a headline. I, I didn't know, like, I know, who that's that was what I wanted. Did you, you know? really, did you no. really understand who he was? No. My, so, to be perfectly honest, my dad was a big, like, Hulk Hogan guy, so he, like, was like, we love Nature Boy, but, like, that's who, if the wrestling I knew at the time, like, that's who... That would have been the only person if they had walked in the room that I would have known. And, you know, when you're young, like, you're just, 
you know. You just don't know. Yeah. It's their she, dad. But she was a, a great player, and um, I, she actually got me kicked out of the gym one time because she, when she blocked people, she would go, suck it. And, <laughs> and so I was, like, a couple years younger than her, and I'll, like, not that anyone would remember this but me because it was, like, my shining moment. But we were scrimmaging, and I blocked her. And so I turned around, and I went, suck it. And my mom, like, and I'm a teenager at this point, uh -huh. like, literally grabbed me by my jersey and like ripped me a new one in front of Well, Degeneration X and crotch chops really did I, ruin a lot of parents and I teenagers. I know, I know, and I'm like, and my parents are like very Southern and my mom's like a wonderful Southern Belle classy woman. So me turning around in like a uniform and yelling suck it at another woman was not. That endeared you to our audience, with, trust with, me. Was not trust. something I learned at Cotillion, let me tell you. And I'm I pretty sure the, so much trouble. The moms in the Carolinas may not have liked it, but our fans don't mind it one bit. Uh, did you know so what suck proud. it was at the time? No, I just knew that, you know, no one ever blocked her, and I did, and I was like, you know, younger and just thought I was, just thought yeah. I was the knee pads. Just. And now she was... Wrestling at the time you tried out, she was already into it? She was already, so when I came back from overseas, I remember somebody saying like, oh, you look a lot like Charlotte Flair. And I was like, oh, Flair, that last name sounds familiar, but I didn't make the Because you weren't following it, so you didn't know no, who it was. No, I mean, you know, I, I always watch it. It's always fun, it's yeah. always entertaining, but I wasn't engaged with the sport. And, um, you know, then somebody else mentioned something. And uh, so I looked up Charlotte Flair and I was like, oh, I wonder if they have any relation to Ashley. And then I made the connection that, that that's who that was, but she had a stint at NC State, so we had some classes together, um, and I, you know, it was just kind of funny, um, but, you know, she couldn't have been a, a nicer person. Like, I remember yeah. in public speaking class, uh, she was, you know, you know, we had, like, worked on something together, and she had wanted to play for NC State. She played for Appalachian, uh -huh. um, but was just a, a really wonderful, very nice How was know, she girl. in public speaking? Because she learned from the best. Yeah, she, uh, she was great, you know, and um, I remember... Uh, at the time, um, it was about a, a wedding from a former relationship that she had been planning, and she was talking about negotiating about, like, a cake or something, mm -hmm. and, you know, like, why she should be in charge of picking something. But I, you know, you could just see how strong she was, but um, just also how she was talking about her family and how much she wanted them to enjoy the event. So I think that's always really fun, too, to see people who are athletes and, you know, who have this, like, big you know, celebrity lifestyle, but who are just so close to their family, who care so much about their family. Um, they're special people and they've been through a lot as a family. So I think the fact that they're all still so close, that they still care so much about each other and that you see, you know, a really cool father-daughter relationship is is unique, just like Hulk Hogan with, with his daughter, Brooke. Absolutely. Jana Angel, this has been very enlightening. Thank you. Is the, is the pelvis okay? Yeah. Um, had to go through about, you know, six weeks of PT and pop it back in. So... You know. But you're doing good again. Yeah. Uh, not not going to try that again out in your new anchor job again you know, anytime they, soon. They invited me back, which was very flattering. And, um, you know, I asked them, I said, you know, would I ever actually have a chance to host? Because that's what I wanted to do was yeah. host. And they said, literally only if we chopped you in half. But we'd really love for you to <laughs> wrestle. But they did love my promo. So that was, that was that, special That's for a me. good start. But, no, I'm, I'm much, much happier on River City Live. We'll see you for Air Fryer Fridays. <laughs> Jana Angel, thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks, for Scott. So we appreciate Jana coming on and giving us that perspective of what it's like for a young athletic woman to go in and try that. And it's brutal. <laughs> Her Degeneration X crotch shop story was wonderful. We put that on our uh, TikTok at Going Ringside channel. But just such, such an interesting perspective to see a top-level athlete, young, 
healthy and go in and she just said that was brutal and just it wasn't for me she wanted to do announcing she wanted to do broadcasting which she does now in a different format here at channel four in jacksonville but she was like yeah this i am not going to go brutalize my body for years to get an announcing job at wwe it wasn't for her but just an interesting perspective. And before we go, I want to talk to you about an event we have going on in the Jacksonville area on July 29th. If you are in the area and would love to um, talk with us uh, and, and come see an event down here, Elijah Burke, also referred to as the Black Pope, put this on. Um, he put this out. And that, this is July 29th. This is the Great American Clash 3 with the lovealive.org charity, which is Elijah Burke's charity. It will be at the Murray Hill Church Gym. That is at 4300 Post Street in Jacksonville. Doors open at 6 on the 29th. Bell time is 7 o'clock, and JTG and Jay Rios, two well-known wrestlers, will be headlining the card there in Jacksonville if you do want to come out and see it. And we hope to get Elijah on in coming weeks as well to talk a little about what he's been doing and all his uh, charity work that he does, particularly here in the Jacksonville area. But we want to take a look at uh, this look at the women's division with Melina. We have more coming up down the road. So uh, we are excited about that and going to get a lot more on the women's division coming up here in coming weeks. But so glad you could join us for another episode of Going Ringside. Please tell friends, family, wrestling fans, social media, Wherever you know, wherever you go or interact with the wrestling fans, tell them about going ringside. Tell them to check us out. Thanks for joining us for another episode. This has been Going Ringside with the local station. Brought to you every Wednesday on your favorite podcast player, on News4Jax Plus, as well as the News4Jax YouTube channel.